Hello, and welcome to the PixiePearls.com podcast, episode 14, Men Who Knit. Hey, you guys, long time no talk. So I've tried to record my intro like four times where I say the index of all the stuff I'm going to go through, and it is just not working out. I cannot seem to say it properly. So you know what? I'm going to throw caution to the wind, and I'm going to skip my intro. I have a couple things I want to talk about, so I'm going to start with my first short row toe. I had seen everybody in Blogland talking about these toe-up socks using short rows. At least I'm pretty sure it's short rows. And I thought, you know, hey, I want to try that. I've been in a little bit of a knitting lull and a little bit of a lull overall in life right now, but it's okay. I will get through it. It's not a big deal. We all go through our little ups and downs and overall life is good. I'm just, I suppose you could say, a little depressed. But it's not like big time depressed. It's just like a little bit feeling down and frustrated about things. So my knitting has also been that way. I haven't really settled on any one thing and I knit the whole entire back to the Debbie Bliss Pure Silk um, Mission Falls Vera Tank and I didn't really like the yarn which is really sad because it's very expensive yarn and I did finish the back and I know that I'm going to go finish the front as well eventually but I just put the back in the bag and just said, you know, I'll come back to this later. So I pulled out this sock yarn that I had, and I believe it's called Curious Sock Yarn, or Curious Yarn is the name of the company who made it. And I'd gotten it from my secret pal a couple secret pals ago. Love this yarn. Never found a pattern that I liked enough to knit in it. And then I went to my favorite website, wendyknits.net, for free patterns and instructional content. That's where I learned to cable without a cable needle, and that's also where I learned to do a toe-up sock. So I printed out the free pattern for a toe-up sock, and I knit the toe with the short row shaping, and I kind of screwed up once, and I had to start over, and on the second go, I got it pretty good. And then the toe was done, and I was extremely proud. And then I realized, oh, I need a pattern for this. So I was feeling kind of desperate, and I went through a pattern book that my friend Claudia had lent me that had just patterns. Uh, I think it's the Barbara Walker series of books that have all the different patterns in it. I would look, but I returned the book, so I don't have it anymore. And there was a pattern called King Charles Brocade, and it was gorgeous. I loved it. It's like a argyle diamond type pattern, and it was just really pretty. And there's a very morbid story behind that pattern. Uh, King Charles wore a wool blue sweater that had that pattern on it when they executed him. And it's in a museum somewhere. You can actually still go see the sweater. So yeah, I, I was going to I was gonna <laughs> jokingly call them the dead man walking sock, but I don't think that's really appropriate and anyone's really going to want to knit a sock with that name. But I plan on creating a pattern from the sock based on the Wendy Knits pattern that um, I got from her site and just I'm going to reword the short row shaping in a way that I think makes sense for me and then of course I'm going to explain how to get the brocade across the top of the foot and then to join it the pattern completely in the round and go up the leg and I'm halfway done with my first sock it takes a little time because you have to read the pattern for each row I'm really excited about this sock because this is technically the first pattern I'm kind of writing on my own and coming up with And, uh, of course, many thanks to Wendy Knits because that's my inspiration for the 
the sock, the toe, and the heel on the sock, and then the rest I'm kind of making up myself. And I'm going to offer this pattern for free on my site, and I'm like, woohoo, this is my first pattern I'm going to have available probably in a couple weeks, <laughs> maybe a couple months, if the simple knitted bodice gets in the way, but I'll talk about that in a little while. So yeah, speaking of patterns that I want to make up, I have plans for a tank top and I'm going to kind of leave off on it for a little while and I need to find a pattern that I like to apply to it and then I'm going to, well, I think I might like submit it to the Spring Knitty for next year. I don't know. We'll see. I, I'd like to do something like that with it. That would be really fun. But it's, you know, it's nerve wracking for me because I'm such a neurotic knitter. <laughs> Just call me the neurotic knitter. So this is me venturing out, writing my own patterns. I know Claudia would be very proud of me. <laughs> and speaking of those socks on my many adventures through the internets, I came across a chart creator at a harvard.edu website, which is a very long URL that I will put in the show notes. And it allows you to actually write in a, if you have a long pattern that's written out row by row, you put the pattern into this big text field and you hit create chart and it actually creates a chart from the written row notes, from the written row patterns if it's not charted. It's really cool. I didn't wind up using it. I actually had to get help um, to create the chart, help from many, many people, and in particular one very helpful person on Nitty Nitty's um, coffee, coffee shop. Uh, message board forum was very helpful to me. Um, I can't remember their name at this moment, but I will link to their profile in my show notes. And uh, it's a really cool little thing, and it's on a, a Harvard website, and I just was very impressed by this little chart creator. And yeah, I will link to that. Next up on my agenda is knit-alongs. I don't know how many of you realize that there is a really cool knit-along website out there that shows all of the current knit-alongs. And you can get your knit-along put up there if it's not already up there. I think there must be hundreds up there, or at least a hundred, somewhere close to that. And it has it done by year, and it has it in alphabetical order, and you can sort it by date. And it's just really neat. So if you're wondering if there is a knit-along going on out there for something you're interested in, you can go to this website and check it out. And there's one for each year, actually. I think. I think the person who's been doing it might have been doing it for the past two or three years. And it's a long URL. It's knitting.xaviermusketeer.com. And it's knitting.xaviermusketeer. That's double E R.com forward slash 2006 knitalongs.html. And I'll put that in the show notes. I have two knit-alongs in particular that I'd like to let you guys know about, and the first one is sort of time-sensitive. It is the Hallowig knit-along, and some of you may be familiar with the Hallowig pattern that Nitty came out with a couple years ago, and my friend Claudia, who I've already mentioned three times in this podcast, so she's probably going to kill me, is um, having this knit-along uh, at hallowig.blogspot.com. And again, it's based on that knitty pattern. And if you want to knit a wig for Halloween and wear it, which I do, and I know Claudia does, you can go join us at that cow. And I will probably get a little bit more into it in September. I'm going to have to go out and buy some yarn. And I have to decide what color I want my wig to be. It's just a really cool wig. It is a great knitty pattern. 
it reminds me of those like plastic dolls that they used to have in those commercials and I don't know what it was for insurance or what but they look like dolls and it was like these blonde they look like plastic and the I don't know it's just really cool maybe when you see the pattern you'll be reminded of that ad and you can tell me what that ad was for because I can't remember but it's just very dolly-ish and it flips out at the sides and it's really cool and I'm excited to knit it. The next thing that I have that I want to knit is the Simple Knitted Bodice. You can go to simpleknittedbodice.blogspot.com and this is a Stitch Diva slash Glampire pattern that has hit the blogging world by storm. It is the current hot knit for the fall. Everyone wants to knit this and I was quick and grabbed up that URL real quick and decided to start a knit along and host my first big knit along. I, I did a solid sock along a long time ago and I've had some smaller ones for little things I knit that not too many other people were knitting. And right now I think we have over 70 participants in this knit along and it actually starts Friday, September 1st. I'm not like being really strict about this knit along, but that's the date. If you want to start, you can sign up afterwards. Just go to simpleknittedbodice.blogspot.com to join in on the fun. There's several people knitting it in the Tilly Thomas yarn, which is awesome. I will tell you about that yarn maybe in a second. I think I had one other thing I wanted to talk about first. Ah, yes, the state of the online knitting community before I get to the yarn or yarn porn as Lime and Violet like to call it. I'll talk about them later as well. Right now, socks are still pretty hot. A lot of people are knitting socks, but the rumor has it that cables are going to be the big knit for this fall and the upcoming spring. It seems like everyone's kind of starting to throw the tank tops out the window and are ready for fall. I think a lot of pluggers are ready for fall. It is still close to 90 degrees here in Georgia, so I'm trying not to rush it. But with the simple knitted bodice knit along, I kind of being forced to knit a long sleeve sweater soon. I had two more tank tops in my queue. I have the scatter one that I'm really excited to knit in my natural silk Erin. And then, of course, finishing up the Vera tank. But everyone seems to be looking forward to the fall knits. And I'm not sure what's going to be big beyond the cables, if that's going to catch on, if there's going to be a particular sock again. Or if maybe people will move away to socks. Maybe a hat. I could see there being a cabled hat that could get really popular. Because that's a nice small knit that a lot of people can knit. So somebody out there needs to design a really cool cabled hat that everybody wants to knit. And then there'll be tons of knit-alongs and everyone will go crazy. And in old knit-along news, I believe that I read on Grumperina's blog that the 450th pair of jaywalkers was added to her gallery um, that she has of all those socks. That is crazy. I'm just amazed. It truly has been the year of the sock this year. And I originally had more notes on the state of the online knitting community, but I couldn't understand my notes that I wrote like three weeks ago. So that's all I have on that. I'm kind of disappointed, but we'll just go with it. We will go right back to talking about that Tilly Thomas yarn. So I think the last time I spoke to you guys, I was getting ready to knit that bare tank top and I knit the back of it. And I don't know, the yarn was just really slippery. I just, I don't know what it was. I just was not nearly as impressed with that yarn as I thought I would be. I wasn't happy with the knit. Maybe it just wasn't the right pattern for it. 
I don't know. Sorry, I just really wasn't feeling it. I finished the back. It went pretty fast, but I just did not have any urge to, to cast on for the front, which I thought was really strange considering it's 100% silk. So then today during lunch, I cast on for my swatch of the Tilly Thomas Pure and Simple 100% silk yarn. And, you know, it was so interesting how very different it was from that Debbie Bliss 100% Pure Silk. When you hold up the Debbie Bliss yarn, the silk, it is smooth. There is no roughness. And if you catch your needle on the outside, it's almost like it has an invisible web over it. And if you catch that little web, it's almost like you open it up and it might kind of bloom accidentally and you could have blups, little blips, like when you're knitting on blups, but maybe you understand what I'm saying. And that was disappointing. If my, if my needle caught it, it really kind of ruined the smoothness of this, this very kept little piece of yarn. Says Hilly Thomas, when you hold it up and look at it, it's frayed, it's rough. It's velvety and soft, and it's smooth, and it's it's squishier. It's almost thinner. I mean, I, I think the gauge is the same, but it, it's like it smooths out. I don't know how to explain it. It's velvety to me. When I look at, look at it on the ball and when I look at it knit up, it's velvety. Now, I wonder if people who don't like touching crushed velvet or don't like, you know, the sound of nails going on a chalkboard, you know how that bothers some people, like, Crushed velvet tends to really bother me. I can't wear anything that is velvet. But this yarn is okay. I can deal with this yarn. This yarn is awesome. I'm entirely too impressed by it. I really feel that it was worth the cost when I compare it to the Debbie Bliss stuff, which just was not worth the cost. In my opinion, maybe I'm just knitting the wrong thing. Maybe it would be great for little bags or a different type of top or, I don't know, something else. Just Maybe I just picked the wrong item. But I'm going to finish it. I'm going to finish it. I'm not going to let it go to waste. It was, it was way too much money. Um, I got my Tilly Thomas from kpixie.com. And I love it. I love the color. I love my swatch. I'm half done with my swatch. I'm going to finish it up once I get done with this podcast. And I'm rip raring and ready to cast on for Friday. And I'm hoping I get my knitting mojo back. And I just whip through that thing. Because everything else I'm knitting is just going really slow. Um, like the the silky wool split neck tee, which is adorable and fits perfectly. I just can't get through the sleeves. I need to make myself sit and work on it. If I just worked on it for like two hours, I'd be done with that sleeve. And then I could pick up for the other one and probably be done with that one in like four hours. I just can't seem to get myself to knit for long periods of time, which is the key to finishing things as well as sticking to one item. So I'm in a funk, but hopefully the Simple Knitted Bodice will take me out of that funk. You might be wondering, where is the talk of men who knit? Well, I promise you that I will get into that a little later. It's I'm kind of saving it for last so I can go off on it for a while. What I'm going to talk about next is very interesting. A couple weeks ago, I was, I don't know where I was that I found this out, but probably on someone else's blog, and I found out that there are rules about photo use of Flickr or use of photos at Flickr. And I didn't realize a lot of this stuff. So let me read you a little bit of it. And if you go to Flickr.com, F-L-I-C-K-R.com forward slash guidelines dot G-N-E. I have no idea what G-N-E stands for. It's very interesting. Uh, I will read you a couple of things and I will also, of course, link up to it at the show notes. 
Um, it says play nice. It says upload photos that you've taken. Link back to Flickr when you post your photos elsewhere. It says the, the Flickr service makes it possible to post images hosted on Flickr to outside websites. However, pages on other websites that display images hosted on Flickr.com must provide a link back to Flickr from each photo to its photo page on Flickr. Now, I'm guilty of doing that, not linking back. I didn't know that was something they wanted people to do. And they're not monitoring it. They're not restricting it because I know a lot of people do that. Then it says, enjoy Flickr. <laughs> okay, on to the don'ts. Don't upload anything that isn't yours. People's photographs that you've collected from other people or other places on the internet, that's a no-no. Don't use your account to host web graphics like logos and banners. And I can tell you I've used it to host my Pixie, so now I have to go fix that. You can't upload a logo or like, for example, the little badges we like to put everywhere. I've uploaded those to Flickr before. I had no idea that you could not use those. You were not supposed to do that. Um, it says, don't vent your frustrations and rant or bore the brains out of other members. And then it says, most interestingly, don't use Flickr for commercial purposes. Flickr is for personal use only. If you sell products, services, or yourself through your photo stream, we will terminate your account. That is important for a lot of the uh, hand artists out there that hand dye their own yarn, create stitch markers. I just thought I would share this with, with the community because I wasn't sure how many of you were aware of this because I know I wasn't. And then it says, don't be creepy. You know the guy. Don't be that guy. And uh, then all the rest of it is fairly common sense. But those things shocked me. I did not realize that you could not do those things. And I'm guilty of doing a few of them myself. So now we are all just a little bit more educated. And we probably didn't really want to be. <laughs> but there you go. Oh, okay. I have something fun to talk about next. I, a couple weeks ago, I got into a conversation with the well-known Lime and Violet of the Lime and Violet podcast. We were in a IM chat room, you know, where several people can be talking. And uh, we just got to chatting and we chatted for a good hour, if not more. And it was the silliest, funniest conversation. These ladies are awesome. They are the same in real life, if you can call IM real life as they are on their podcast. They're crazy, goofy, and just a whole lot of fun. I thought the funniest part of our conversation was when we started talking about geeks and gaming and Counter-Strike. And the three of us basically went off in craziness. I wish I could have saved the conversation and printed it in the show notes. It would have been awesome. We were talking about, okay, if you're not familiar with Counter-Strike, you may have a boyfriend or husband who plays. And it is a first-person shooter online game. You go into, you enter a game with like 12 other people, 20 other people, and you basically are on two teams and you shoot each other. And then there's another part of the game where the other team sets off a bomb. So you have to kill all of them and like cancel the bomb out before it blows up or you lose. And then another version of the game has hostages where the bad guys are going to get the hostages. Or no, the bad guys have the hostages and you're trying to get the hostages from the bad guys. I don't know. It's just a lot of shooting and killing people. And I used to play a lot with my husband and they were familiar with the game as well. So we started talking about what if they created a knitting version of Counter-Strike where you could shoot DPNs out of cannons and you could throw 
yarn at people and tangle them or come behind them with a circular needle and choke them. Oh my gosh, we were going off with all kinds of crazy ideas for how to make it knitting. Oh, and they had this one idea where you would, this instead of being like at the desert or like in a building like most of the games are, the maps, they call them maps, where you where each game takes place and they have tons of maps. They were like, yeah, you could have a knitting store and so you could hide behind piles of wool to shoot each other or like you could have, I don't know. It was crazy. It was hilarious. I had the most fun talking to those ladies. I do hope that we get to talk again on I Am sometime. Um, they were just a lot of fun and now I am addicted to their podcast. So check out Lime and Violet. I'll put a link to them. I think they're worth checking out. And they're very unique because they're the only podcast out there that is two people talking to each other. And I always thought somebody should do that. It's awesome because it's like a radio show. It's much more like a radio show. And it is a lot of fun. Speaking of podcasts, I had this idea a couple weeks ago. And I'm kind of disappointed because I just found out that it's now going to be done by someone else. And I thought I had this brilliant idea and I was going to do it before anybody else. And then I was a slacker and I didn't follow up on it quickly. So, of course, it's going to be done by other people. And that's cool because I know they'll do it very well. So I will just have to get over it and not be frustrated about it. And, well, okay, so the idea was there is KnitCast. And KnitCast interviews lots of famous knitters, authors, and pattern designers, and people who manufacture yarn, all kinds of cool people. So I had this idea and I thought, what if I interviewed well-known bloggers? Because I really like to focus on the knitting online community and knitting bloggers in my podcast. And so I made up a list of four or five knitting bloggers that I could interview and I emailed them and I got two responses back pretty quickly from two of my favorite bloggers. And I won't say names yet because I don't like to jinx myself, but they have agreed and I just have to figure out how to do all that stuff via the phone and record it with my computer. I have not tried yet. Uh, I have this little piece of equipment at work that allows me to record digital telephone conversations. And then of course there are all the online stuff and audacity and all that. And I don't know how to use any of that. So I'm going to have to figure it out. And once I have them recorded, I will reveal who they are. Cause then at that point I may no longer jinx myself. So then what happened was I got an email today and this is when I got depressed. And it is called, and I think this went out to a lot of people, and it was from Jamie at Interweave.com. I don't know how my name got on here, but it it didn't look like it was sent to me because I was a podcaster. It looked like it was just sent out to whomever. And it's called the Knit Fix Blog Tour. And it's really kind of a confusing email, but it sounds really cool. It says, do you need a Netflix? Send your, oh no, wait, that's a different part. It says, um, Lisa Cartoo's Get Your Knit Fix blog tour kicks off the publication of a new book. Oh, man, I'm just reading horrible. Sorry, you guys. Um, It says she'll sit down for a virtual visit with a different blogger each day leading up her appearance in in New York at Knitty City September 16th and the New York Knit Out and Crochet September 17th. Along the way, there will be book giveaways, podcast interviews, lively debates, and plenty of opportunities to laugh at your knitting troubles as you pick up a few new skills. And then it says, do you need a Netflix? Send your knitting problems to Lisa. Visit Lisa's new website, knitmaven.com, for her weekly knit fix pick for your submission. And so if you have a problem, she'll tell you how to fix it. And it says, 
for tour of events, it says September 4th, The Knitting Fiend. September 5th, Crazy Aunt Pearl. September 6th, Grumperina. September 7th, Craftstein. September 8th, um, CastOn.com Podcast. September 9th, in A Knitter in Queens. And wow, it goes on and on and on. And uh, I don't know. It just kind of sounds like my idea. And it says there's going to be podcasts. And they're going to interview bloggers. And I was like, man... But I know they'll do a great job, and I'm excited that someone else is doing it because my slack butt hasn't even tried yet. <laughs> so <laughs> I was so excited I got two people to agree. But as you can tell, I'm kind of depressed, so please ignore my whining because it's probably just because I'm grumpy and been down for the last three weeks. So sorry, I am whining to my whole podcasting audience, and that is something I try never, ever to do. So if all goes well and I get all my equipment hooked up, I will have two interviews of two well-known bloggers and I'm excited about that fact. And then if that works out, I will continue on from there. In other news, if you go to knittingpatternaday.com, if y'all have ever seen those knitting pattern calendars in the crochet a day pattern calendars, it actually is a friend of mine in Atlanta who is in, oh, oops, sorry, that y'all just heard my mail come. I need to turn off my mail program. I'm just really not prepared today. I apologize. Anyway, um, a friend of mine in Atlanta um, is actually one of the people who is working on this, which is really exciting. And uh, she has a web design company called Bella Web Design. And you can actually see the link to that at the very bottom of knittingpatternaday.com. And she's a wonderful knitter who I've met at a couple of events. But anyway, back to this website. You can have your pattern published. They need a whole lot of patterns. So it says... Get your designs into a publication sold at most local yarn stores. And this publication sells out every year. And it's a great opportunity to get um, your pattern in a publication. And you get a free copy of the calendar to which you submitted your design. And yeah, so go check that out. If you have a pattern you've been mixing up in your head and you have it handy, they need it quick. So submit it to them and you'll be a published knitting author. I, I, I should do that with my sock, but I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> And if I have it in there, am I allowed to have it on my website? I don't know. So I have to think about that. Um, oh, yes. Men who knit. We are like 20 minutes into the podcast, and I have not yet talked about men who knit. Okay. So I have two male blogs that I follow regularly. And I don't, in fact, one of them I wasn't even sure it was a male knitter because I didn't really pay attention. And uh, he, he never shows his face, usually in his pictures, so I was not aware and I never paid attention. I just thought it was a knitter knitting for their boyfriend. <laughs> so, But I enjoy both of these blogs and I got to thinking about it a lot. Now, the first one was the Panopticon and it is the-panopticon.blogspot.com. And I thought about first podcasting about this blogger when he had this really cool posting about Stitches Midwest. And I'll do a link to this particular entry and it's called Stitches Midwest. 2006 part 3 all dressed up and no place to pee I found this so very interesting and I just thought it was so great for me to read this and get a different perspective because I remember when I was at the Maryland Sheep and Wool Festival and we were waiting in line to go to the bathroom and there was a line so long I think it took an hour to go to the bathroom and the men's bathroom had no line at all and every once in a while, a guy would come in or go out, and we all just stared at that bathroom going, man, this totally sucks. Guys don't even have to wait. 
well, it may have sucked to wait an hour, but I suppose it would be much worse to not know where to pee and have nowhere to pee. So basically at Stitches Midwest, he couldn't go to the restroom because they had converted the male restroom into a female restroom. So there was no male restroom. And then there were no signs letting you know if there was another male restroom, maybe farther in the back. Now, I think it turned out that there was, but he was pretty frustrated because he had to go ask. I just think it's really cool to read his perspective. And I think it's important that we think about how sometimes it, well, a lot of the times these type of things are biased towards women. Now, I'll be honest, when I go to my SMBs, my Stitch and Bitches, I really go because, well, I love to knit, but I want to be around women. And I, it's not that I care if a man is there at all. I really don't. But what is important to me is that I'm around a bunch of women. At work, I'm around a lot of men because I work in the IT industry and I work on websites and I'm just around a lot of men. And it also has always been for me that I tend to get along with the men better than the women, at least as far as my industry goes. Outside my industry, I don't know, but at work, I get along with a lot of the guys and sometimes I feel frustrated because I'm not a girly girl. And so sometimes I don't get along with the women at work who, and it's not that I don't get along, it's just I don't click. Do you know what I mean? Like I can't, I don't get to know them very well because there's a lot of women who, you know, they're just so good at that stuff that I wish I had more, I wish I was more able to put effort into it, but I don't. I'm, you know, a tank top and jeans kind of girl and I prefer to wear no makeup if I can and I like to stick my hair back in a clip and I do care how I look and I do want to look cute, but I more want to be comfortable. That's more a priority for me. And I feel like when I go to these knitting things, these knitting groups, it motivates me more to be a little bit more of a girly girl, but it's not, I don't know how to explain it. That's not the priority. The priority is I'm there with a bunch of women who have a passion in common and we all talk about it and then we talk about our lives. And then because I'm around a lot of women, I think it influences me to be a little bit more girly girl because I'm around all these women and you can't help it. So for me, it's a really important thing to be around all these fantastic women who I can learn from and who I can talk to and bond with. And I just love that. I love my stitch and bitches primarily because of that fact sometimes even more so over the knitting, which is probably why sometimes I don't always get that much knitting done at these knitting events. I myself, I believe, have overlooked the male aspect of it. I've always been fascinated by male knitters. I think it's a novelty. I think it's cool. That's probably a very bad attitude to have about it, but I don't see a lot of them. So when I do, it's like, oh, wow, really cool. I know I shouldn't be amused by it at all or wondered by it. It should just be like whatever. My point is, is that it's always good to open our eyes a little bit and look at it through somebody else's perspective. And I think it was very interesting to realize that, hey, there are guys at these events and, you know, they want to feel just as comfortable as the women and it's not fair to close a male bathroom. So next time I'm waiting in line, I'm not going to look at the male bathroom and go, man, that's not fair. I'm going to think this is fair. <laughs> so... That's all I have to say about that particular topic, but the Panopticon is a really cool blog, and I think it's pretty popular, and he has Dolores, this sheep that he draws, and I will be honest and say that I'm not like a crazy stalker, so I'm not as familiar with the history of it, and I haven't been reading his blog as long as some other people have, but he does these amazing drawings. He's a very gifted graphic artist, and it's almost like a little comic strip. And Dolores is, 
he kind of lets her speak for him or or she speaks in his blog and it's like she's a real person but she's a sheep and uh she's not a real person uh it's like tv you don't walk up to somebody who's a doctor on tv and say and treat them like they're a doctor when they're really not so i think it was funny because someone really expected him at stitches to have dolores with him and they didn't know that she wasn't real or something like that but she's adorable and i i really enjoy his little his little drawings and they're awesome and you can go to his cafe press store probably off his blog i'm looking right now i'm sure there's a link for it and you can buy t-shirts that have her on there and it's just really really cute i think he did a sheep on a plane instead of snakes on a plane and i forwarded that to lime and violet because they're crazy about snakes on a plane and hey check out the panopticon it's a really cool blog all right next up my last male knitting blog spot which is my favorite oh my gosh i love this blog i've loved this blog for a long time brooklyn tweed it's brooklyntweed.blogspot.com and you should know that there's a hint that I'll love it because it has the word tweed in the title. I just love tweed yarn and so does he and he knits with it often and he is wonderful. A lot of his blog posts and the way that he knits reminds me of uni knits, uh, his color choices and the way that he pays attention to detail and gets very technical and will explain why or how he did something and why it was really cool and, and different. And his latest posting is no exception. It's called the Seamless Hybrid. He knit a beautiful sweater. Let me see if I can read a little bit here. It says, um, the pattern is the Seamless Hybrid by Elizabeth Zimmerman, Zimmerman from Knitting Without Tears. And it's not so much a pattern as a recipe, as he says. And he used Rowan Yorkshire Tweed DK in Revel. And it is a gorgeous plummy purple. Oh, it's just beautiful. And it's a neat looking pattern. I just thought it looked kind of cool looking at it. It was almost modern looking the way that he had done it. And he started July 26th and finished it August 18th. And he said uh, it cost him 50 bucks. It was a score of the Yorkshire Tweed on eBay. Maybe a, a cucumber knits. I think that place is called. I love that place. And uh, let's see if I can get to the good stuff. And he says... Oh, it's just really cool how he explains how this, this sweater is knit. He said, with the exception of the yoke construction, all four sweaters are done in the same way. Sweaters, okay. You knit the body in the round, in my case a straight tube with no shaping, followed by two sleeves, beginning at the cuff, increasing up to the desired circumference as you approach the armhole. These three pieces are knit separately until, you until you've reached a preferred length. This part of the sweater was a sort of snooze fest, but I love some, I love me some stockinette in the round, so I enjoyed it. It also goes crazily fast. Now here's the interesting part. When all three pieces are completed, you join each onto one 29-inch circular needle and work one long round to join them all together. And he says then, this is the longest round you will work. From this point, you choose a yoke treatment and get to the good stuff. I won't read anymore. I will let you guys go and check it out for yourself. It is awesome and it just sounds so easy. It's like the opposite of a top-down raglan. It's a bottom-up, no-seam, seamless yoke thing. So, okay, yeah. Um, I'm just bad tonight, you guys. I apologize. Okay, whatever. I should get over it. So, it's more important that I podcast than I don't, right? <laughs> That's what I'm going to keep telling myself. This is like the most clumsy one ever. Okay, 
And if you scroll down in his blog post, which is pretty long, he has these awesome contrasting hem facings that he did in a khaki color. I, I might be inaccurate, but that's what my my monitor is showing. And it's just gorgeous. It's beautiful. And he says he likes how it's heavier because he added the contrasting hem so it's double-sided and seamed under. He likes the weight it adds because it gives the bottom a little bit more weight because I don't think that's a very heavy yarn. A lot of those Rowan yarns are actually kind of light. And this blogger, he knits gorgeous things. I just can't say enough about him. I love all the things that he knits. And he is a knitting fiend. He knits a lot and he knits fast. I like to think I have very similar taste to him. And um, in his profile on Blogger, it says that he's in the arts industry and he lives in, of course, Brooklyn, New York. So that is all I have to say about men who knit. You were probably expecting more. Um, I will try to be much better on my next podcast. The last one, I was right on the verge of getting sick and I actually had a fever when I did the podcast. I realized the next day when I took my temperature um, and I knew how I felt had been very similar. So I knew I had been. And then this one, I just could not start right. Um, I think it just has to do with my my state of mind right now. So I'm going to return to normal. I hope that's my goal. I'm, I'm putting it all, I'm putting all my chips on the simple knitted bodice to get me out of my funk and get me back to knitting fast and help me get back into a good state of mind and cross your fingers everybody i hope this looks beautiful i spent enough on the yarn um and uh a spinning update do you guys want a spinning update i uh just got an ebony vixen from a very sweet person this week and i'm really excited about that i uh ordered some shetland roving which I, I, that will be the last of my roving for a really long while. I uh, took some pictures of all my stash for, if you go to talk. oh crap, if you go to talk.pixiepearls.com, of course, the spinning forum that I started a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, has been very busy, and they wanted to see everybody's stash, so I took some pictures today, and it's scary. I'm not buying any more roving. It's really, really bad. It's just far too much roving for one girl to spin. And I did spin up a bunch last week and I wound up giving it to a friend. I just didn't like any of it. And I've decided I don't like variated roving. I need to go with semi-solids and or solids or undyed and then dye it myself once it's in yarn form. Which is fun because once you decide what you want in it, then you can decide what color you want it to be. And it's really nice because you really have a lot of flexibility that way. And... So I did spin a lot last week. I spun some on my drop spindle. Um, I got some more Lux roving on a whim. And that's it. No more. I'm not allowed to buy anything else. It's been bad. Bad, bad, bad. I blame my stitch and bitch. They're all a bad influence. And speaking of my stitch and bitch, I have not been in a while. Um, I have not been able to go on the weekends. It's just not worked out. Part of the reason I'm in a funk has to do with that. And I have not seen them in weeks. So if you guys are listening, I miss you guys. And I'm hoping I can wind up doing something on Labor Day this coming Monday. And um, yeah, that's it for me. And I hope you guys all have fun knitting. And don't rush the fall too much. Because before you know it, it'll be here and be gone. I'm looking forward to those beginning days of fall when the leaves don't quite change yet here in Georgia and the smell in the air changes and you have hot days but cool nights, cool enough to have a bonfire in the backyard, a beer or wine and knit.